0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you and I tell you, You will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of our eternal and life giving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Thought today I'd come down and invade your personal space a little bit. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is one of my favorite days because it requires very little investment on your part. You go out, you hang out with some friends, you maybe have a couple of pints, uh, watch a rugby match or two if you're so inclined. But the good thing about St. Patrick's Day is it's about conversation, it's about laughter, it's about joy. It's just about being together with those that you love and those that you care for. I remember when my mom was alive, she would always, I would always call her up and wish her a happy St. Patrick's Day, she's Irish. And she'd always say, son, go out and do your heritage proud. I'm not, not quite sure what that meant, <laughs> but I, did, I do enjoy St. Patrick's Day. But there's one particular St. Patrick's Day that sticks in my head, and that was the St. Patrick's Day I was in Belfast. I, I did a master's degree over in Northern Ireland. And in Belfast, I, I remember asking around, and I said, so how do you all celebrate St. Patrick's Day? And the answer I got was, we don't. St. Patrick's Day is one of those days where the tension in the city can rise to a boiling point. So he said, if you want to go down and see it, there's a march that happens down at the city center. And so me, being a very curious American, I decided I'd go down to the city center. And I stayed about a block away from it because when people from Belfast tells you there's going to be tension, you tend to take them at their word. I looked and yeah there was a a march that was going through the city center for the republicans. The republicans are people that want the northern irish counties to unite with the republic so that the whole island becomes one country. And as they were marching down the main road of the city center there were counter protests by the loyalists on both sides. The loyalists are the people that want northern ireland to remain part of the united kingdom. And there was a lot of shouting, a lot of yelling, a lot of insulting and cursing. But luckily, nothing boiled over. Luckily, there was no violence. But I was, as I was walking down the road, I was approached by four or five young men. And by young men, I mean maybe 14 or 15 years old. And one of them got in my way, looked me right in the eye, and said, Happy St. Paddy's Day. Now, if you've lived in Belfast long enough, you know that there are ways that people who are native to Belfast feel you out. One of the ways is your name can tell you whether you're from Irish descent or English descent. Where you live says a lot about you and the way you speak and how you interact and communicate. These are the three markers that they'll use to kind of figure out where you fall on the political or religious spectrums. I knew that's what this guy was trying to do. And so, I mustered myself up, I I just harnessed my best American accent and I said, Happy St. Patrick's Day. And the young man kind of backed up, furrowed his eyebrows, looked at me, nodded, and then walked on his way with his (laughs) friends. And what's interesting, I can look back on that and I remember how scared I was. How afraid I was. Because I don't want to put any intent into this young man's head. But for me, I had no idea where this exchange was going to go. I did not know what this young man wanted when he approached me. That's that's the thing about fear. You see, fear, fear is an okay thing. Fear is an okay emotion if it comes and goes, if it ebbs and it flows See, fear is the thing that's kind of kept us going as a species for hundreds of thousands of years. We identify danger, fear kicks in, and we're able to run or fight. Some of us just freeze, which is not a good thing. But fear is the thing that gives us the boost we need to address a dangerous situation. It's not necessarily a negative emotion. Fear becomes a negative thing when we allow it to weave itself into the way we live when we allow it to envelop us, when we start living into fear. See, when we start living in fear, fear has a way of evolving, of mutating, of becoming something else. See, fear eventually can become suspicion, it can become anger, despair, and eventually can lead in the worst cases, to violence. We saw that this Friday in New Zealand, where a gunman opened up and killed 50 people and wounded many more at two mosques in Christ Church. And in this manifesto that the alleged gunman released, he lamented the fact that Muslims were invading his country, that they were pouring in, that they were changing the dynamic, the culture itself. He was angry about that. And that anger, that fear, that despair, that hatred erupted in one of the most unspeakable acts of violence that that area of the world has ever seen. And in the manifesto himself, it's, he said, I want to inspire fear. I want fear to spread. And that's what he was trying to do. To not just wound and kill, but to spread fear. That's the thing about fear. Fear can spread easily. It hops from person to person to person to person until it's not just an individual experience fear, it becomes a group that experiences fear. And once a group starts experiencing fear and feeds that fear and nurtures that fear, it grows. And you can look at other people and dehumanize them. You can look at them as something other, something that can be pushed away, something that disgusts you. The people that you see no longer people but objects. The fear is like a disease. It infects. And in today's gospel, Jesus gives us a very interesting way to look at how we approach and address fear. In the gospel today, the Pharisees, these people who have been hounding Jesus, questioning Jesus, judging Jesus, asking Jesus, do you know what's right and wrong and why are you doing what you're doing? These people that have been nipping at his heels, they come up to him and say, Herod wants to kill you. You've got to get out of here. See, we may not like you, but we don't want you dead. But you've got to go. You've got to leave. They're trying to inspire fear in Jesus, to get him to leave his ministry, to turn his back on what he's doing. And what does Jesus say? And this is one of the reasons I love Jesus. He stands up, looks at them and says, you go and tell that fox for me. You go tell that purveyor of earthly power that I am casting out demons and I am healing the sick and I'm going to do it today Tomorrow and the next day, and there is not a thing that that man of power, of earthly power, can do to turn me away. I am not doing earthly work, I am doing God's work. I am reaching down to the lowliest of the lowly, the outcast, the exile, the forgotten. And I am healing them, making them whole, giving them hope, uniting them with their community. I am giving them what the people of this world, these rulers of this world can't. I'm giving them light. And I'm giving them community. And I'm showing them that they are children of God. That's a way that we address fear. as, as Christians. Our psalm today says it's beautifully, though an army encamp against me, though war rise up against me. I shall not be afraid. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I be afraid? There's a lot of fear out in our world right now. Fear that's peddled by the powers that be, I would say both the powers that be politically and the powers that be in the media. They feed us with it. They peddle it. They get us addicted to it, hooked on it, and they want us to perpetuate it. But that's not what we Christians are called to do. We are not called to meet fear with fear. We are called to meet fear with the unmitigated, self-giving love that is evidenced in the way Jesus lived. We have that blueprint to stand in the face of fear peddling, fear mongering and say, no. I will do God's work. I will reach out to the outcast. I will reach out to the shunned. I will reach out to the sick. I will look That, the person who has been kicked away in the eye and tell them that they are not only precious, but they are a child of God. That is what we are called to do in this age of fear. Because right now, it's entrenched. And our, our reaction, our natural desire is to react to it, to go at it. We can't. We go at it with love. My, image, the image, my favorite image Jesus uses is a hen gathering her young under her wings. It's to draw those people in that have been forgotten, that have been shunned, that are the, the, the targets of fear. And to say, you are loved. You are precious and you are of God. That takes courage, though. It takes courage to stand up to fear. Because fear can get in your face, and fear can try and intimidate you. You see, one of my favorite lines from a Eucharistic prayer, C, is, is when we come to this table, we come not to this table just for solace. We go to this table for strength when we partake in the mystery that is the body and blood of Jesus, that's not just something we do for our spiritual lives. It's something that we do to strengthen our lives so that when we process out these doors, the real work of being a Christian begins. The real work of living as the hands and feet of Jesus begin. To draw in those who are the objects and targets of fear, and show them that they are loved. And it doesn't need to be big actions. My favorite favorite saying from from Bishop Robert Wright, who's the the bishop of Atlanta, he said, you know, Jesus was a a 'er ne'er-do-well born nowhere to nobodies. That's who Jesus was. I'd like to add something to the bishop's words. I don't want to overstep my bounds, but I'll just add something to Robert Wright's words. Yes, he was a ne'er-do-well, born nowhere to nobodies, but he preached to nobodies, he taught nobodies, he healed nobodies, he cast demons out of nobodies. And those nobodies, those people that the powerful thought were powerless, were the people that carried that message into the world. The ones that took that message of love, of hope, of compassion into the world. The message that we are all beloved of child, children of God, regardless of how much you have been oppressed, kicked down, and shunned away. That's the message from a group of nobodies. And what's interesting is Herod's reign came and went. Pontius Pilate's reign came and went. Caesar Tiberius's reign came and went. Rome rose and fall. Fell. There are countless nations that have rose and fell, empires that have risen and fell, but we stand here worshiping and proclaiming the living God because of little acts done by nobodies 2,000 years ago. Acts of compassion and love that all of us can do in our day to day lives. T.S. Eliot has a poem called The Hollow Man. And in it, at the end of it, it says, this is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whisper. God bless T.S. Eliot, but he's a bit too pessimistic for me. So I would say, this is the way the kingdom of God comes, not with a bang, but with a whisper. Whisper and the whispers of love we lead into our lives, that we give to other people, that's how the kingdom of God comes on earth. But it takes courage. It takes that Jesus level of courage. So when you come to the table today, come for strength. And then when you go out into the world, when you process out into the world that we are called to go out to as Christians. Go out in love and be not afraid. Amen.